Upbringing, we're Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. We are back. Our live Q&A that also goes Instagram and the podcast um, is back for fall. We've missed being here. We've missed you all. Um, thanks for, for coming, for showing up and growing up alongside us here. It feels really good to be back. I, it's been quite a hiatus from these live Q&As and from the podcast, and we're here to talk about the hard stuff and why it's the good stuff, to talk about ways we can be using powers beyond control with our kids our sensitive, strong-willed, neurodivergent kids in those tough moments of conflict, right? Those tricky situations around basically their body, their will, their agenda, their autonomy, all of the, and the, our needs. the things that come into conflict with our, our wonderful responsibility as their caregivers to get shit done, move through the day, teach the things, um, and how we can do that in a way that's consent-based, that's shame-free, that's research-informed, all the things. Mm-hmm. We're working on it. We're, we're working on progress over perfection, right? Trust over fear, connection over control. Mm-hmm. And we're grateful you're here with us. Yeah. Today's topic um, on this live Q&A is about transitions. So in our membership community and our private coaching, we've been hearing about them so much and we've experienced a lot of challenges around those as well. It's the end of summer, the starting of school. I know, I think you say when you say transitions, it's it's like, oh, a seasonal shift. Oh, a transition (laughs) from fourth grade to fifth grade. That's kind of tricky. We're talking about also the minutia of transitions within a day, the micro transitions, Mm -hmm. getting to the teeth brushing, getting to the dining table, leaving the park, um, moving away to a safe distance from their sibling. What else? Changing diapers, starting homework, getting in the car seat, picking up after themselves in their room, ending, ending screen time. Mm-hmm. What other transi- transitions are tough for you right now? Write in and let us know. We want to talk about it. I think so often we, we notice that when we're trying to move from activity to activity to event to event, from place to place with our kids, uh, we think we're doing this. Come on, trust me, right? Just get on board. Let's do this. Yeah. And when our kids start resisting, like a lot of folks who are working with in private coaching have three-year-olds, four-year-olds who they mm-hmm. used to be able to just move from one thing to the next. They could pick up their bodies really easily. They can mm-hmm. incentivize them or distract them into moving on. They didn't even have to really tell them what was next necessarily. They could just be like, we're doing this and take them. Boop, right? boop, boop. Here we go. Yeah. And, and I think at a certain age, and that's a different age for all of us, our kids start saying, whoa, 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 wait there. Uh, I don't want to be done to anymore. I want to do with, or I want to do for myself. Mm-hmm. And that really asks us to start upping our skill set, 
upping our awareness and starting to build a collaborative relationship with our kids around these daily caregiving activities. And that's the work we do is that we help parents just like us of those sensitive and strong-willed kids build skills in what we call the three C's of connection, compassion, curiosity, and creativity to get that shit done, right? To get those teeth brushed, to get out of the house, to get into bed, to get into the shower, to put the screen down. I think if you're anything like us, you have this immediate reaction when your kids resist you, when you're like, okay, it's time to X, Y, Z, or let's X, Y, Z, and they ignore you, or there's a no, or there's a but I want, or, or, yeah, they ignore you. So, okay, I was going to say, that's one of the, the big one. biggest ones that we've been hearing lately where yeah. they're not even hearing, we, parents aren't even hearing a no. They're just not even being responded to, which to me, that's one of my biggest triggers. It's mm-hmm. really tricky. Yeah, I think it's easy for us to have that like immediate eye roll reflex or the reflex to shut it down or to override mm-hmm. or basically to use the control toolbox that we talk about. Consequences, on my terms, now, threats, rewards, overpower, lectures, shame, blame, spanking, timeouts, all the things where we're like feeling a little stuck, feeling a little helpless, trying to push our agenda along and just get everyone going and what needs to happen next. Mm -hmm. And so what we really like to talk about is ways to rework that automatic instinct to shut down that resistance or to think that's wrong, this can't be happening, no, no, no. And to be leaning into the resistance as the roadmap, right? Mm -hmm. When our kids resist us, they're reminding us, Hey parent, hey caregiver, hey mom, dad, whoever it is, I'd like a voice in this. I'd like some of my terms acknowledged. I'd like to find a way maybe to make this work for both of us even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Liz, who is trying to jump on our live right now, we don't necessarily have the internet connection always to do a one way or a two way rather. So type in if you can, what's going on with you as far as transitional challenges or any questions you have about upbringing, we would love to respond to you here. What's feeling hard, everyone who's signing on right now in the live Q&A, what's going on for you? What's feeling the trickiest with your sensitive, strong-willed, neurodivergent kid or kids? Mm -hmm. Is it transition related? Is it something else? We're here to hold space for all of it. It's funny because a lot of people are like, it's not transition related, it's bedtime. And we're like, so like transitioning to bed, right? (laughs) I feel like it's like every single challenge is kind of within a transition. A lot of times it it finds Mm -hmm. that space in between two activities or shifting from one location to another or from one pace to another Mm -hmm. or from sleep to awake or wake to sleep. No parenting activity we do is in its own little bubble. They're all connected. They're a series of events that we go through in the day. Mm -hmm. It's what we like to call our our parenting timeline that we work on in our membership collective and in our private coaching where we don't just take these, you know, individual singular moments, isolated moments like toothbrushing or bedtime or getting out the door to school or getting in the car seat. But we actually look at them, we um, expand that timeline from the moment to say, what's going on before? How can we be working this to set everyone up for success? There's so Mm -hmm. many elements. We like to say the environment, the routine, the nervous system, our approach, and what was I gonna say? The other one is, I think it's mainly those four Mm -hmm. things. And then after the moment, right, where we also get to explore the why. Why is this so difficult, right? And the, the processing element kind of goes into the preparation element of those three Ps, preparation, presence, processing, and actually start seeing some changes little by little when we start looking outside the actual shit show of the moment of bedtime or the shit show of the moment of mm-hmm. toothbrushing and say, what can we do that's not controlling our kids? So like mm-hmm. Kelsey mentioned, we're, we want to avoid the control toolbox as often as we can. And not just because we want to be like perfect, you know, respectful Gentle, parents, conscious right. parents, but because that's actually how kids learn best is by having 
the opposite of control connection used with them in relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Control reduces learning. Control reduces and distances relationship very often. Mm -hmm. Control doesn't feel good to our kids. It doesn't feel good to us. And it actually teaches our kids control. And so mm -hmm. that's why the work we do is a neurodevelopmental approach that says, let's focus on uh, connection-based strategies, consent-based strategies that don't necessarily come instinctually to us, but that really can kind of align with our, our intuition in a way that says that feels better. That's how I would want to be treated. Mm -hmm. That's how I wish I'd been treated by my parents. Mm -hmm. And that's how I would like to start practicing treating my child little by little I love, as often as possible. I love that you point to that fact of it does feel better. Mm -hmm. Parenting outside of the control toolbox when we can yeah. feels better for us, feels better for our kids. Doesn't always mean we get our needs and agenda met as quite as easily maybe as with the control toolbox, but we're working on it. While you all are writing in, I see a couple people have uh, mm -hmm. shared some of their struggles with their kids, transitions and things. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more. One of them here says waking up in the morning is one of the hardest transitions now. Also heading out to school for our almost four-year-old. So waking up in the morning for you, for an older child, for this four-year-old, and it's like waking up as in getting out of bed or just the waking up process is really hard. Maybe describe that a little bit to us. That would be helpful. And then heading out the door, what happens? Is there resistance? Um, is there avoidance? Um, what's what's going on? Mm -hmm. uh, Liz keeps asking to be in our video, which I kind of assume potentially is a kid. Every now and then <laughs> we'll be like, okay, let's bring so-and-so on. They seem to really want to connect with us. And then it's like 6.45. I mean, that sounds yeah. about right. It's like some... I just wanted to give a quick little note out there too. Check out our website because when's the day, Han? Friday the 13th, Cal. Friday the 13th. What many people assume to be the least lucky, most spooky day, right? In the fall. It's going to be October. It's gonna be a fun one for us. It's our year anniversary of the Upbringing Collective membership community, which is our worldwide online community for parents uh, who are trying to parent for sanity and social change. A lot of caregivers too, not necessarily parents. Um, and we're going to be offering our introductory fee, a fixed fee of $25 a month, $250 a year, which is the lowest mm -hmm. thing we offer only this one time of, of year on our anniversary week right. for parents who, um, want weekly coaching with us. So we do mm -hmm. live group coaching, um, for parents who want to feel less alone so mm -hmm. that they have their circles and membership. Uh, connector things where you can meet other parents from all over the world and align with ones of the same age, of the same um, maybe diagnosis, mm -hmm. of the same interests, of the same challenges, right? Mm -hmm. And for parents who want to be able to, when a challenge comes up at any time of day, type or leave a voice message into a certain category within the membership and have one of us respond in like mm -hmm. pretty much immediately. So yeah. it's like on hand support. Mm -hmm. so it's been fun. Read more about it on our, yeah. on our website. Learn about it. It's just for a week only that we'll have those doors open at the kind of introductory anniversary price. Yeah. So if you've been thinking about it or you're just learning about it, um, reach out to us. We would love to get to know you better. We wish we had more capacity. Um, and if also fighting the algorithm here on Instagram and on the podcast too, mm -hmm. to just connect and actually meet you. So that's mm -hmm. what our membership community is about is where it's in real life where we build relationships, we're building community, we're building skills mm -hmm. all together. It's been a really great year and we're looking forward to this next year mm -hmm. too. Wanted to say yeah. too, as everyone's typing in here, as an alternative to joining that membership, we also do one-on-one -on -one or more often than not two-on-two -two private coaching. So check out our private coaching package if you're just working through something really acute, like, oh my gosh, we have a new baby and everything's going to hell, 
or oh my gosh, we just moved houses and our kid is having massive anxiety, or oh my goodness, we're getting into a hitting phase and we don't know how to handle it, it's not going well, or those more chronic challenges of all of a sudden my child is feeling a lot more stressed and exhibiting of more challenging behaviors, or now we've got three kids and they've hit a certain age and it's feeling really chaotic, or things have felt tenuous in our relationship and I'm just wanting to get on a fresh page with my kid, work on some family agreements, rebuild our connection, that type of thing. So check out, yeah, check out our coaching program so we can, it'd be like this, but you'd be on the other end. Mm -hmm. It's really fun. Yeah. Let's dive into questions here. All right. We're talking transition challenges. So write in with any transition challenge you've been having. So someone said waking up in the morning is one of the hardest transitions. Also heading out to school for our almost four year old, the four year old waking up, she's in good spirits at first and then moves to start scratching me um, or similar. We have problem solved a lot around her having fear in the morning. So right now she sleeps next to us and knows to yell, shaking Matata if she is scared upon waking up. Yeah, so she gets a little scared waking up or being alone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And she wakes up in good spirits, but then she starts scratching. Hmm. And so what's the fear in the morning? Is it being alone? Is it that she has to go to preschool? Is it that your attention will be divided maybe with all the morning demands? The mornings are the hardest, right? Mm -hmm. Gosh, we're pulled in so many directions. We're barely awake. We have our own needs, right? And our own morning routine. And then we have to deal with all these little kids or even just one child mm -hmm. who has a morning routine um, that is so dependent on us right? Mm -hmm. And then all of it is also in this like time pressure cooker happening mm -hmm. at the same time. We're going to be late. We got to get going. Why, why aren't you undressed? Up the anxiety for all of us. And then at mm -hmm. the same time, we have this like parental pressure to be like, I want my child to be self-sufficient. I want my mm -hmm. child to be independent. How are they going to learn to pull their pants up if I'm not making them do it now? How are they going to learn to brush their teeth on their own or take their plate to the, to the counter or whatever it is. And so mm -hmm. then that fear or concern can also just add us to increase the demands in the morning instead of reducing the demand. So I'm wondering um, with this four-year-old, what's going on for them? Cause I know talk about transitions, even without going to school in the morning, even just the sleep to wake transition for a lot of kids, um, just like the wake to sleep transition can be really difficult for their nervous systems. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you've noticed anybody who's listening here, but you might know some people in your life, maybe yourself or others who can fall asleep like that really easily. You're just like, Oh, maybe feeling kind of tired. You just lie down and go to sleep. Or you maybe like us or some of our kids that takes a long time for your nervous system to wind down and relax enough to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And the same thing is with waking up very often. Some people can wake up and they're like, doo, 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 and very awake. And if they feel uh, immediately refreshed, they slept well, they can transition from dark to light, from sleep to wake, from lying down to standing up, right? Mm -hmm. From REM sleep to like regular physiological day-to-day -day actions. Right. Mm -hmm. And then for other kids, it's really, really hard. And I don't know how many of you know kids or even partners or yourself who like you wake up and you're like a zombie. You like want to hurt people. You want to eat people, right? Mm -hmm. We've worked with a lot of families who have kids like that who wake up just on the quote unquote wrong side of the bed. Mm -hmm. And that is the first transition of a lot of mornings that makes it really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Even just going from sleep to wake can be really, really difficult and can set the day off on a really tricky kind of cycle mm -hmm. or pattern. I like that you're bringing up that question that we work often with people to create a culture of in their home, which is saying, what's your body needing? Well, how's your nervous system feeling? Right. And checking in with your kid, even your four-year-old might know, 
What's your body needing right now in the morning? Are you feeling like you need more snuggles? Do you want to be a little slower in the dark? Do you want me to come get you when breakfast is ready instead of turning all the lights on and you come out? Or are you needing maybe to jump, to spin, to roll, to twist, something more active to give you that nervous system input to be like, oh, okay, I can take the next step of getting dressed or eating breakfast or leaving the house and entering a new space. Mm -hmm. right? I like, Kel, that you're really thinking like, what do bodies need? What do nervous systems need? What one child we have needs in the morning could be the complete opposite of what another child And it actually child is. Our children literally need totally it's different true. things. It is very true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kelty's kids are immediately act in action, right? High needs. It doesn't mean that they're right. chipper about it. And they're though. not necessarily in the yeah. best mood. Mine are very slow waking up. Take their time, right? But they're like but sweet little they're, kittens. They're happy. They're happy they're little so morning happy. kittens. And that's just literally how their bodies are, right? Mm -hmm. That's how they were built. And so, yeah. so much, if I were, for example, rushing my kids in the morning or yanking the curtains up or putting loud music on or getting them going and having them eat breakfast right away or get dressed right away, those demands would be really hard on their nervous system, right? What would be difficult demands on your kid's nervous system? Just I usually think about my own right nervous away. system in the morning because mm -hmm. I'm just like, shut up. I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling Don't to talk to me. Yeah. All of these demands because I'm more like your kids. So our nervous systems come into conflict. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of mismatched needs in the morning. Um, so yeah, like making multiple orders mm -hmm. of food, snack situations, projects starting. Mm -hmm. Where's that one stuffy? Come downstairs, I need to show you something. Just being pulled in all directions. So those are the needs that they have is just physical proximity, support, connection, eye contact, repeating back what they are going through. Just in, like full on engagement mm -hmm. more than anything. Yeah. What else is tricky in the morning transition for any of you who are here listening? Uh, I feel like it's different for everyone. And then yet there are also some really universal elements that mm -hmm. make the morning transition tough. So we talked about the time demand mm -hmm. of like must leave the house by seven or by seven 30 mm -hmm. or whatever it is. What, um, the just waking up and the, the different competing needs of nervous systems mm -hmm. based on like when we wake up, right? Yeah, you talked How about up, what we're all needing. of the demands that we might be putting on them that might add to stress mm -hmm. or a little bit of resistance or overwhelm for our kids. Mm -hmm. Are we asking them to empty the dishwasher? Are we asking them to get dressed head to toe totally on their own? It has to be don't leave the room or go back up and do it by yourself, mm -hmm. right? All of these little things, where's your backpack? Where's your coat? Did you get your homework? Time to go, time to go. All of those things that can kind of mount and stress a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, Sure. And we also alluded to the idea of connecting with our kids about whatever transition it is that we're struggling with, whatever age they are, can we say, I've noticed X whatever time on the way to school time or getting done with screen time on the way to dinner or uh, getting our rooms cleaned up a little before bedtime has been a little tricky. What do you think? How can I support you more? What can we do? What are you needing then? What's feeling tricky for you about it? Mm -hmm. Right. And opening up those conversations so that we can begin those conversations with our kids that that are about meeting needs, that are about home and community, that are about keeping things moving along, but not in a way that's going to stress bodies, nervous systems or tax our relationship. Essentially, mm -hmm. I feel like we're kind of talking about the timeline right now. So mm -hmm. that timeline that we talk about in our membership community and our private coaching that says we can only do so much in the moment. We're only human when our kids are struggling or we're struggling we tend to have in parenting this, this um, pressure to teach and to control and to change really tricky moments. 
And that puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on a lot of us because most of us don't do well and don't learn well and don't connect well when we're dysregulated and stressed, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the work we do, like we've been discussing in these ideas for morning transitions is saying, what can we do beforehand? What we call preparation, the first P, to set everyone up for success, to notice what are these um, demands we're maybe putting accidentally on. Let's get some uh, uh, like awareness of what types of bodies we're working with here in the morning. What's our body needing? What's our kid's body needing, right? What are, what are the actual tasks that need to be done and which ones don't need to be done? Right. Can How can we really simplify the routine or the environment mm -hmm. rather than put a lot of pressure on ourselves and our kids? And then Kelty's talking about the, the last P, which is processing. So let's process a really shitty morning situation that's been happening and say, gosh, this has been really hard. A lot of the work we can do is personally or with a listening partner or a partner or a friend or whoever, or one of us, right? But then a lot of it is also, like Kelty said, connecting with our kids about it and not in what we call the grill back that most of us grew up with being like, we need to talk about so the morning mornings hustle. lately, yeah. not good. Here's mm -hmm. the crappy impact. Here's what you're dropping the ball on. Here's why you need to pick up the slack. What choices are you gonna make that are better than the choices you've been making? Mm -hmm. I need you to, this isn't working because, mm -hmm. and that is very natural for us to come into because we're so stressed and mm -hmm. fried about it and we wanna mm -hmm. motivate our kids to change their behavior, but that negativity is very often can cause our kids to be like, no more talking about this, this is not a safe place to come in and learn and connect about. Mm -hmm. So that's why we actually wanna use, instead of that kind of more control-based toolbox, we wanna to lean in the connection, create a positive open association really lead with non-judgment, curiosity, with our three C's, compassion, curiosity, and creativity. Mm -hmm. Bring our kids in to the collaboration and problem solving. That is the morning shit show hustle, right? Yeah. Because they're an integral part in supporting it and making it actually run smoothly. Mm -hmm. Even if they're like three or four. Hannah, when you were you describing it, it, it sounded like so pandering and permissive. It was just like, <laughs> so, you're gonna what? Talk to this three or four year old about the morning and why it's hard. What, you're gonna bring them on and like what? collaborate, connect, cooperate, as in you're gonna like give in some of your power, they take some of it, like that just sounds bonkers to so many of us. And I think I wanna remind us all right now when we have those feelings, that little voice on our shoulder that says, that's so permissive, that's giving them more than they deserve, you should be able to just say it and that be that, right? Permission to lean in, to connect, and to realize that it's essentially an investment. Hi, Chris. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that all these conversations with our kids, these agreements, these collaborations, these circle backs, these coming back to the table to be like, wow, that was so hard, or wow, things have been tricky, or oh, I noticed you haven't been liking this one thing. What can we do? Is such an investment in family as community. As in like, what if we were thinking of this as a workplace? What type of workplace would we wanna be in? One where someone's pulling the power card all the time? or one where the person maybe with a little bit more power and privilege in the relationship or the institution asks us what we're needing, asks us what they can do to make things function better for them, right? Mm -hmm. So that they can feel better to do better. I like that you're thinking about that, Kelty, of that idea of like us being like the, you know, the mentor or the CEO or the manager of our homes, which we are, mm -hmm. and thinking, you know, our power is not permission to do whatever the hell we want. Our power mm -hmm. is privilege to say, how can we make this work for everybody? Mm -hmm. And I think when you think about it from, uh, instead of that kind of organizational psychology perspective, mm -hmm. but more of a child development or neurodevelopmental perspective, we have to keep remembering that kids learn through exposure and through positive associations and through relationship. And so just like, for example, we spoke to our babies or our toddlers, before they could speak back to us, we knew that actually by engaging with them in whatever it is, in feeding them or in talking to them or in playing with them, 
that we were teaching them how to do that. And we were bringing them into that process and that practice and that relationship. And that's how they learned was us doing it with them first. And the same thing goes for these conversations about tricky moments. We're trying to remember that, that all of these tricky moments we can bring our kids into in the same connection-based way so that they can learn how to start solving uh, collaborative um, relationship-based problems with us over time. Right now it might be the morning hustle of getting out the door as a four-year-old, mm -hmm. but eventually it's going to be like some big homework challenges or it's going to be a partnership, you know, teen girlfriend, boyfriend problem or maybe a diagnosis challenge or a health issue or something like that, mm -hmm. where we can establish patterns now in these really frustrating morning challenges, for example, or mm -hmm. other transitional challenges we experience with our kids, where we're paving the way, we're conditioning the relationship to be about compassion, curiosity, and creativity. It's a conversation mm -hmm. and our kids don't have to participate right away, but when we can bringing them in a little bit, what would be a few examples of that? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask people listening here too, mm -hmm. what are some examples of whether it's a morning transition or another where you're feeling stuck, where you're feeling like I'm maybe snipping, maybe I'm yelling, maybe I'm definitely frustrated. Maybe I'm giving them some little like shamey eyes, if, if nothing else, or exasperated sighs, like, ugh, this is so annoying, right? And you're hoping to find ways to bridge that gap, meet both your needs, move through something a little bit more collaboratively. Do any of you have some examples of that? Mm -hmm. You wanted to come up with a couple hands? Mm. What's been coming up the most in the Upbringing Collective membership community? What have been the hardest things? I feel like bedtime has been a really big one mm -hmm. within the community and with three different families we're working with in our private coaching groups right now. Yeah. Right? Got kids three, four, or five, maybe up to six, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's just been really tricky to know, gosh, how much do I control in the bedtime transition from wake to sleep? from the house to the bedroom, mm -hmm. right? From my presence to leaving them alone. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of layers of transition. How much do I push it hard or nudge along? And how much do I let go and let them take charge a little bit? Right. Or do I just let them wind themselves down at night? I think a lot of the families we were working with had been controlling and trying to create this kind of rigid, predictable bedtime structure for their kids. And their kids were struggling with that and it wasn't actually anchoring them into sleep in, mm -hmm. a, in a supportive way. And so then the parents were like, fine, I give up. Just, just be in, play your, in your room until 9.30 or be 10. Be in your room mm -hmm. until you pass out on the floor with your Legos or whatever it is, or have a meltdown crying for me, right? And so what we do a lot with these transitions, right? With supporting parents in our membership or in our private coaching with morning transition, the midday, the coming home from school transition, which is so hard. Weekend right? screen time. All of those are bedtime, right? Is to say, let's find the middle way, right? Mm -hmm. We with a lot of kids, we can be controlling and kind of more rigid and authoritative and have the schedule and the routine and they will go along with it. But not many of those kids are in our community, right? And we're not parenting most of those kids. Most of those kids do not do well when they're told what to do when it's only our agenda. Mm -hmm. And then that leads us to kind of ping pong to the other side of like, oh, well, I'll just let it all go then. They can just call their own shots with bedtime or they can just not you know, mm -hmm. do toothbrushing, but that can be really anxiety inducing for them mm -hmm. and for us too. And so what we support mm -hmm. is finding that middle way with the three C's of connection, compassion, curiosity, and creativity. I'd love to uh, use those three C's in an example if anyone wants to shoot us one of a, a moment where you just feel stuck and you're stuck in the control toolbox. And what would those three C's look like? But I love Hannah that you allude to basically our three choices. And this is something that Ross Green, um, one of our favorite authors uh, and parenting experts 
said in a different way. I think he has, he's like plan A, B, C or something like that. But the way we look at it is, and, and reflect with a lot of the people we work with is we've got three options when our kids resist us or when we're in a conflict with them, right? We can control, which is the more controlling authoritarian approach that we feel so triggered. Sometimes that's all we can do is just react. Mm-hmm. So right? for example, for so we give a consequence or we threaten or we say mm-hmm. we're frustrated or we yell or we shame a little bit. I can't believe or what's your problem or whatever it is. Right? So that's what we're going to try to avoid in this mm-hmm. type of parenting. We're all trying to avoid it. It doesn't feel good. Right? Then we've got the second approach, which you alluded to Hannah is the more permissive approach, which is just letting it all go. Just let it go let for the now. Kid decide. Let the kid decide. Let the kid lead. Take a five minute break even is letting it go. Go walk around the block, blow off some steam in your room, scroll your phone, get some space, come back a little bit later, or let teeth brush and go for the night, whatever it is, right? So most of us think that these are our only two options and sometimes they are. Mm-hmm. And then the third option is what Hannah said, that middle ground, that connection-based approach that is about compassion, curiosity, and creativity. When we can muster that, when we have the energy, when we've practiced enough and can lean toward that connection, feels pretty good and we're building skills alongside our kids, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's basically having a collaborative conversation with them about bedtime, for example, mm-hmm. or it's even just thinking ourselves co- with the three P's of that timeline of saying, mm-hmm. how can I support bedtime with the environment, the routine, my approach to my child, the nervous system regulation that they need and we need. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways that we can go about quote unquote problem solving a bedtime shit show or a morning out the door shit show Mm -hmm. or home from school shit show or getting to practice or an extracurricular activity shit show. Mm -hmm. Those transitions are so hard on our kids and on ourselves and using that middle way of connection. We can't do it all the time, but we can start practicing it in the more critical moments. Mm -hmm. Right. And our kids learn it by us doing it basically. Mm -hmm. Right. When we practice it, they learn. I want to say too, a lot of people listening right now might be like, well, great. That sounds awesome. I'm going to check out your membership community, which is on sale now for this coming week, beginning Friday the 13th. Um, I can't afford private coaching right now. Right. So what's my first step to being able to lean in and connect with my kids? I'm going to try not to yell. I'm going to try not to issue threats or offer rewards or do any of those things. So what's my first step in trying to connect? And I want to say that from my perspective, it is that other choice of letting it go. If and when you're able to let go and see what happens and give something some space that's been maybe feeling really tense or really power struggly with your kid, mm-hmm. experiment with that. Yeah, I right? think letting it go, um, that could be the theme of this episode maybe for transitions go, is that when, it when it's really, really difficult, like it, with one of these particular transitions with your kids, we all know there's a pattern set up where we're like, oh God, toothbrushing tonight. It's been mm-hmm. like Groundhog Day. It's so tricky. Just right? eat that friggin' broccoli. Just do your homework right. or put your backpack away. Right. I'm yeah. going to die on this hill. Right. We, can't, we have to remember that when we continue to use the control toolbox, we're not necessarily going to wear our kids down and, and you know, induce them to comply with us and all of a sudden be like, okay, fine. Right. Mm-hmm. What very often happens is that through the control approach, we can create an a really negative association around something we want them to be doing, like going to bed, brushing their teeth, getting out the door, doing their homework, putting the screen away. And so what Kelsey, I think you're saying is that letting it go isn't a permissive strategy that says, okay, we're just letting go of whatever objective or expectation we have or responsibility we have as parents, but letting it go for now Mm -hmm. is a particular strategy that can actually open up and leave enough Mm -hmm. air what we call like letting it breathe, Mm -hmm. a challenge breathe, 
so that we can come like go and do a little bit of homework and research Mm -hmm. or work with us in our collective or private coaching or get on Instagram or on some podcasts Mm -hmm. and figure out what can I do in the, you know, before, during and after to make this better. Because if we keep going at these challenges with the control toolbox over and over, that's the head hitting the wall over and over situation. Mm -hmm. And so letting it go can be a very adaptive, proactive, supportive response that we can say, okay, let's let this breathe, this toothbrushing situation for a day or two. Let's let this breathe, this like forcing um, vegetables or strapping our kid into their car seat against their will. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's try and find ways to let whatever it is go a little bit until we have some more adaptive strategies that are based in connection because connection will build their skill set. it will build mm-hmm. collaboration, it will build a positive association, right? That's what we wanna be going for ultimately when we mm-hmm. can. Wellness Doula Mama shares, I'm finding my connection approach is not working sometimes and then I end up getting triggered because I've spent 30 minutes or more and still facing no collaboration result when my daughter is refusing to leave the park or something else. Mm-hmm. How old's your daughter? Yeah. And then I can I, absolutely relate to oh, that. Oh, absolutely. And then what the, what's the connection approach too? Like, I mean, there, there's so many aspects of the connection approach and I think sometimes we get into this thing being like, right, I, I, tried the connection. Three, I tried the three things that I know, right. it's not working. I, I'm using so much connection and we have to remember too that connection is, is a, a communication language that is different for every person. So the connection language that we may be giving to our kid may not be being received as connection and it may not be supporting them in motivating them to move forward and collaborate mm-hmm. with us. It's also just one of the four elements within a challenge. So our connection and approach mm-hmm. is one element, but there's still our kid's nervous system needs, which is also, are they tired? Are they hungry? Have they run around? Have they whatever? And also the routine and environment. So considering the park timing, what park it is, what time of day, all of those mm-hmm. things, the routine for it. Do they know when we're leaving? Do they know what's next? Mm-hmm. All of those things. Well, and but aside from the, the aside approach, from the approach, right? Which is the one and thing. so I'm wondering what approach is happening. So connection approach. You said trying to understand the why of her behavior, honoring her needs and space when she's upset, etc. Yeah. So that's when she's when leaving the oops when leaving the park is so awful or so um, so challenging, so awful, like mm-hmm. literally so awful. Um, leaving the park, something else. She so ha- she's having big feelings and being upset uh, about leaving the park, or is mm-hmm. that just kind of the connection approach to you in general, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, I mean, all of that stuff sounds great, but I'm wondering, is, is this connection approach with her happening in the moment, just in the moment primarily at the park when she's struggling to leave, where you're trying to understand her needs and figure out a way to work with her, maybe when she's too stuck to actually like it to get through and for her to move forward. She's angry. Um, or, and, or is this something, the connection approach, does it happen outside the moment? So after the park that evening, does it happen before the park? So when we're thinking about that timeline, preparation, presence, processing, the connection approach applies to in the moment, but sometimes it's really hard to, to get through, get through when yeah. people are dysregulated. So I'm wondering about after and before. Yeah. And so you said, and then being rude and how she communicates with me and seeming to test boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She sounds really dysregulated if she's being yeah. rude, right? You get yeah. so triggered because she's yes. like, scram, mom, mm-hmm. get out of here. Yeah. B word. Mm-hmm. You're distracting me. I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Patrick. Yeah. That can be really triggering, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When your little ally who's like, yes, of course the park. And when you say this and you tell me it's time, hundred percent. Yes. Let's do this. And then all of a sudden they're like another person and they're just like, who are you? No. Mm-hmm. Why would I go with you? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Right. They just like switch. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. 
it can be really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And the park is not something where we can set a loving boundary and be like, well, if we can't like leave the park, then we're just not going to the park because we want to go to the park to support our kids' nervous system. So you're trying to think about like, you know, natural consequences kind of. Yeah, or just even just, uh, uh, you know, ways to just move through and and get everybody's needs met, right? Mm -hmm. It would be so much easier to talk to you about this wellness doula mama. Wellness doula mama, yeah. Yeah, I think it comes out of nowhere. You said too. Yeah. yeah. Just that resistance to leaving the park or the mean words or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd focus on a circle back. She's almost five, which is a great age to be doing circle backs, not the girl back that we mentioned earlier. So, you know, the park has been hard and you won't leave and then it's a problem and mm-hmm. Ugh, what can we do? Or this isn't feeling good for me or whatever. But like you said, very confusing at times. So I would start, um, a circle back that said something like, oh my gosh, the park was so fun and name all the reasons that it was fun. Or you can be sharing this with your partner if you have one across the table and we did this and then we were taking this and this and this and you could say, and then it got a little confusing at the end because we were doing nature bracelets together as you're sharing and then suddenly you or she got frustrated and got and got really upset and then I wasn't quite sure how to support you or her mm-hmm. if you're sharing the story more generally at, at the table. Mm-hmm. And then you could just say, what could I have done? Or what were you going through? Right. What were you needing? Mm-hmm. And so much about it too is just knowing mm-hmm. that for a five-year-old to lose their shit and get frustrated. So five-year-olds don't have the prefrontal cortex to manage their, their frustrations as easily. And so mm-hmm. they go from plant, you know, doing their sweet little nature bracelet to like, this isn't working the way I wanted and having a total mm-hmm. meltdown. Not even just because of the nature bracelet, mm-hmm. but because of all the accumulated stress that's happened in their bodies throughout the day. And picturing this as like an right. after school park thing, which is maybe, maybe during the like three to 6 p.m. witching hour, potentially. I'm wondering, yeah. And then it's, it's suddenly she's frustrated and gets mad and mean, but really she's maybe been simmering and had mm-hmm. a, a, a stress load in her body. And then the, the little nature bracelet is like the straw that broke the camel's back, mm-hmm. right? That type of situation and where it starts coming out. And our kids very often, sometimes they'll just cry and weep and it's so cute and you can hug them and make yes, it all better, yes. right? Some kids will even um, self, negative self-talk and be like, I'm so stupid. I'm the worst at these bracelets. I'm not going to do these bracelets. Mm-hmm. And some other kids will project their stress onto safe uh, caregivers or uh, siblings or other attachment figures and say, you I, I feel so unsafe in my body right now. I feel so frustrated and I'm going to push this onto you because you, I don't know what else to do. I don't have another strategy yet. So mm-hmm. this is very normal. Well, wellness doula mama. Mm-hmm. It's hard though. Absolutely. Really, mm-hmm. really tricky. She said, yes, I agree. And try those questions and circle back. She often doesn't know why she says yeah. also, she seems to have these moments more than other kids. I'm feeling overwhelmed about that and worry mm-hmm. if I'm doing something wrong. Mm. No, yeah, I don't think you're doing anything wrong. No, sounds like she has a sensitive nervous system and she's very comfortable getting upset in public or at you mm-hmm. or wherever she is, which I think is really yeah. healthy. She sounds like someone who is in our membership community or in our private coaching, right? Yeah. Parents of kids like her who they struggle a little bit more, they struggle a little bit harder, they struggle a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And it does make us as parents think, what am I, what's wrong with them or what's wrong with me? What, are, what, 
Why what can't they? These other parents yeah. who tell their kids time to go from like across the park and the kids go like <laughs> skipping after them. Right. Like weaving through the parking lot on their own to get right. to the vehicle. Or who can do like, like a 7 p.m. craft project and then roll right into bed. Like That's there like, are some, some kids, serious danger zones. There's some kids stuff. like that, right? Yeah. Just sensitive and spirited, you said. Yeah. yeah. So right, our sensitive and spirited kids are really going to put our skills to the test and our, mm -hmm. our own triggers and our own wounds to the test, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to call us into this work to build these skills in our own self-regulation, right? And in our co-regulation and collaboration over mm -hmm. time, directly and indirectly. I love that you point out too that when you circle back with her and ask, what were you needing? What was your body needing? You seemed okay one minute, then you got really upset about the nature bracelets and it was really hard for us to get into the car. And she says, I don't know. I don't know what I was needing. That's so great that she's able to even have a little That's introspection, okay. have that moment because every single time we have a conversation like this, even when we don't have an answer, even when we don't get to an answer, it's an investment in building that self-awareness, which is the ball game, right? Mm -hmm. Anytime our kids are wigging out, yelling, resisting, hurting each other, saying mean words, all those things which are super triggering, I hear you on that, we get to look beneath those behaviors to the deeper needs and we get to bring them in on that so that they're like woke aware people, right? Yeah. Who can, when they're having a feeling or an inner resistance or someone else is, they can say, what's going on for me? Oh, I'm gonna be compassionate in this need. It's, I'm okay, I'm safe, it's all right. Mm -hmm. Or what's going on for this other person? Gosh, they seem really upset. That's the compassion step. Then curiosity, what am I needing? Why is this not working? Is it my nervous system? Am I hungry? Am I tired? Am I ready to move on? Do I need fresh air? Do I need to move my body? Do I need to make it work a different way? right? And what's wrong? What's going on for them? What are they needing? What, what day are they coming off of? How are they feeling about whatever it is? And then moving on from that curiosity stage to the creativity stage, what can I do to get that need met? What can I do to shift this? So I don't feel so resistant about it. Mm -hmm. What can I do with this other person now that I felt compassionate and curious for them mm -hmm. to move through whatever challenge or to put up yeah. a personal boundary if I need to, whatever to it compromise is. Compromise right. or to collaborate in some way. That's the work. You've missed these lives. Oh, thank you too. We're so glad you're here. Yeah. Um, let's see, we've got someone who said- Wait, hold on. I feel like she said something else too. Hmm. Yes, those kids who appear to just listen. Oh my gosh, not my girl, yeah. 100%. Not most of our kids who mm -hmm. just, just listen for just because, right? It's just not how they roll. We have to wrap Thanks this up that pretty share. soon. Um, but these are some great topics. I wish we could get to all of these. Someone said, three-year-old keeps being rough with infant brother. I yell and it never helps or stops the behavior. I feel bad and I know she does too. Yeah. So let's think about the three-year-old if she were around a fire or if she were around a knife on the table. Would you let her be around that fire or that knife on the table or would you keep her safe from that knife or that fire? And the same logic applies to her being around an infant sibling. She cannot be safe around an infant sibling yet. She doesn't have impulse control. She's either what we call experimenting or expressing, right? These are all very natural developmental impulses that she's doing and she can't stop her impulses. And so what she needs is for you to keep her separate without creating a lot of like shame, shame or, or yeah. stress, but to keep the baby away from her, not give her access to harm the baby. So when the baby is close to her, you are there so that you can lovingly stop her hand and reroute the impulse and redirect it to something else. This has been a huge thing besides sleep yeah. in our in our private coaching. Has been so many challenges. With like a year old yeah. baby is. We're here and for like you. Three or four. 
Mm -hmm. 100%. And so a lot of that is working back, uh, you know, understanding the child development and what they need, thinking about the approach, and then practicing it over and over and over again. So we're here for you in our collective or in our private coaching. Reach out with any questions about it. But that, that would be a beautiful thing to start working on right now with a baby and a three-year-old. Perfect time to invest yeah. in avoiding that victim, aggressor, rescuer triangle that so many of us can get locked into mm -hmm. within the sibling dynamic where, oh my gosh, one of our ki kids is bopping the baby and we unleash, mama, go mama bear on them a little bit, right? Because we need to protect the baby because that behavior doesn't feel okay and is really triggering to us. But what we can inadvertently do is put ourselves as the rescuer, our older kid is the aggressor and the baby is the victim and get locked into a cycle of that of right. roles right and this person said i've started to tell her no touching but i know she wants to play with him right mm -hmm. so just like she'd be playing in and you know with sand or some kind of um cooking thing or a stick or something mm -hmm. like that she's going to need supervision right so you want her to want to play with the baby you want to keep supporting that and nurturing mm -hmm. that but you have to help her keep herself safe she's not responsible for keeping the baby safe we are right mm -hmm. so you say I, I would want you to touch the baby you want to connect with your little sibling oh, now i is, love that you guys are together uh, now is not quite the time right now because i want to be with you guys together oh i love watching and connecting with you guys so here when would be a good time and then you say oh now would be a great time i'm just gonna pop him in the carrier right. or let's get him over in the pack and play because i need your help with this other thing right. and then when it's a good time when she's rested when she's fed when her nervous system is regulated right mm -hmm. so that she's feels balanced in her body then she can feel better and do better around this baby she mm -hmm. sounds like she's not really expressing a lot of feelings around it necessarily maybe but really mm -hmm. maybe more experimenting and just being a little too rough right mm -hmm. and so then that's when you get to slow her hand you say oh notice you can perspective take oh the baby i wonder if they liked that i wonder if that was a little too rough oh you want to touch that part i'm going to move your hand to where boop, 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 it's a good a little spot space. here boop, 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 boop. right and so then you're you're welcoming her and nurturing her desire to be close to that sibling but you're keeping her safe and keeping the interactions positive which is going to keep fueling more and more positive interactions mm -hmm. the more negative interactions with siblings that we allow to happen right the more negative association more negative um kind of situations mm -hmm. will keep happening right yeah, just need to hear it from someone else. Absolutely, mm -hmm. we're here to support you. That is no joke, baby and a three-year-old. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. I wish we could get to some of these other questions, um, but we have to go do our we have to go do our bed our kids' bedtime at this point. But let's remind. What do we have? Any final reminders? Transitions suck with our kids. Mm -hmm. Whether it's like a large transition, like school starting again, or we're moving, or um, we have a new sibling in the house, or we have any of those things to even those micro transitions from moving from one room to the other, from moving from clothed to unclothed, right. from brush to brushing hair, bathroom to bathtub. Exactly, right? Those are all really, really tricky and they put a lot of stress on our kids' nervous systems, yeah. on us, on our relationship, on our communication. And we like to see those as opportunities to really build skills in mm -hmm. awareness of needs and those competing needs, mm -hmm. of how to communicate and then how to collaborate through those. Mm -hmm. So this is an investment. This isn't about just getting through this single small transition. It's actually about building an infrastructure and a mm -hmm. patterning through every transition that starts to build mm -hmm. and build and get more and more normal and practiced mm -hmm. so that when our kids have larger transition in their lives or even a lot of more micro ones that they're kind of independent and responsible for, they're going to have the skills to do mm -hmm. it. Or when we have challenges where we need to do something with them, mm -hmm. we will have that infrastructure built, right? Yeah. It's a great opportunity and it's not meant to be done perfectly. It was a really nice little pep talk about it, but I think, <laughs> a, lot, 
a lot of people are probably struggling with this idea. Like we get, we have the kids, we little babies, we basically do everything for them. Mm -hmm. Right. And at a certain point they get bigger and we're like, wow, they're, they're a little wily toddler. And then things just keep getting more and more challenging. It's part of this like yeah. big conspiracy that none of us ever really knew, especially those of us mm -hmm. to have lucky sensitive spirit or neurodivergent kids who are going to challenge us a little bit more. But I love you point to the investment that it is. And how can we be looking at these challenges? Like the hard stuff is the good stuff. Like some parents, those poor parents whose kids skip to the car, those poor parents whose kids just say, okay, mom, gosh, they're losing out. Like what, a, what, a, what an amazing opportunity this is. It reminds me of pretty woman being, it's like <laughs> big, huge or whatever it is. <laughs> mistake. Yeah. Big mistake. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a big loss, mm -hmm. right? Those people who don't have kids that force them to up their patience, their collaboration skills, their problem solving, their awareness, those nonviolent communication skills that they're inadvertently and beautifully teaching their kids as they practice Just by doing that's what we're doing, right? Again, this is sanity and social change. This isn't just to get through the day with our kids that we're learning these strategies and moving through transitions and challenges mm -hmm. with those big feelings and challenging behaviors. This is also about the skills we're building in our kids, the relationship we're cultivating, the family we're, we're building, and then the skills that they're learning that they can take out into the world as they grow and start having relationships and challenges with other people. Especially for those of us that are cis, straight, able-bodied white people, right? Mm -hmm. We have a responsibility to be operating outside of that control paradigm. Mm -hmm. right? As often as we can. As often as we can. Yeah. And it's hard and you're not alone and you're doing an amazing job. We're all growing up together. That's what we like to say. Mm -hmm. um, so we're back. This was a really fun live. I feel like we're a little rusty and it felt really good to just connect awesome. again and see faces mm -hmm. and talk about all of this stuff. Um, again, as Kelty mentioned, we are at our year anniversary of our membership collective, which has mm -hmm. the, the live um, online weekly coaching, the big membership community and topics and threads and forums um, that is there for you. And it's gonna be at an introductory rate of $25 starting this Friday the 13th. We're gonna celebrate on Friday the 13th. We can all join in and roll into the holidays with a little bit more sense of calm, confidence, of clarity, capability. Um, that's the goal and we would love you to be there with us. So starting this Friday, let us know if you have any questions in the meantime, reach out to us here on Instagram or um, at upbringing.co if you're listening on the podcast to this episode. Thank you all so much. Thanks for all great to see you. Us. Yeah, great to hear from you all. Thank you all for being here. We feel really, really lucky and grateful to be doing this work alongside you. Shout out to all the dads too tonight. Mm -hmm. It was like a very dad heavy um, mm -hmm. live Q&A, which I really appreciate. Love us dads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, well, I'll talk to you all soon. Thanks again for being here. See you soon. Bye. Bye.